Fridays at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Five matchups the 49ers must win on defense. In every single game that you're going to play, there are certain matchups you have to come out on the winning end to be able to win the football game. Some of it could be as simply as easy as slowing someone down or, or maybe limiting how, many, how much production a wide receiver has or slowing down a run game. But it's very difficult to win these matchups, and whoever wins the most of these matchups usually wins the football game. Of course, there are team goals that every single team wants to do, like win the turnover battle, you know, and control the clock. You can get those on offense and stuff like that. But when it comes to individual matchups, you just have to win some. Uh, And there are certain things that defenses have to do to be able to stop offenses. Philadelphia presents a lot of different problems. Number one, their run game is very good. Uh, Part of the reason it's very good is they got Jalen Hurts at the helm. And he can use his legs. So he can put a lot of pressure on edge defenders and on linebackers to be able to stop him. Then he's got Miles Sanders, who's a physical yet very nimble running back. He can jump cut. He can get from A to Z really quickly. Then they've got a lot of speed behind that uh, with Kenny Gainwell and the things that he does. Boston Scott. They've got a lot of talent on this team. So how do you go about finding those matchups that you have to win to be able to get a victory in the NFC Championship. While I went through film, I've been breaking it down. I've been finding things. And of course, some of these are going to be very apparent. You take what D'Amico Ryan says. You you take what this defense has said throughout the entire year. Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, the things that they've talked about, the keys to winning football games. And then you just look at the makeup of the defense and how exactly they have to play to beat a stacked Eagles team. Great offensive line, lots of skilled players. But let's go through it. Five matchups the 49ers must win on defense. Number one, slowing down the running game. And I didn't say stop, because there is no stopping the Philadelphia Eagles running game. But slowing it down is possible. And we've seen the 49ers have a lot of success against different kinds of run games this year. 49ers giving up just over 77 yards per game. The Eagles rush the football double that, over 140 yards per game. So something's got to give, right? Well, I don't expect the 49ers to shut the Eagles down to 70 or less yards. I think it's got to be somewhere in the middle. It's about slowing it down. It's about keeping it just below 100. When the Washington Commanders beat the Philadelphia Eagles, they held them just under 100 yards at 94 yards in the game. So it's not so much that you have to stop them, just have to slow it down. If they have to put a lot of effort on first and second down to run the football and it's not resulting in positive gains, you've done your job. But how do you do that? Because it's so unique, the running style that they're going to be able to use because of Jalen Hurts. One of the main worries for a defense is his legs and the pressure that he puts on edge defenders when he runs read option. Read option is is very simple. He's reading a certain player and deciding if he's going to give it to that running back or if he's going to keep it. Often confused with RPO, but RPO is actually a run-pass option where he's deciding if he's going to get let the running back run the football or if he's going to throw it. Those are two different things. But the read option is designed to put pressure on a read key. A read key is who the quarterback is going to read on the play. So 
you will see Jalen Hurts staring directly at a defensive end when he's going to give the ball to Miles Sanders or Gainwell, whoever's in there. And then if that edge defender flies down the line of scrimmage to take away the running back, he will pull and he will run around the outside. Those plays can be big. And when you have an aggressive defense that knows they need to stop the run, you can sometimes get some big plays for your quarterback where you get him out on the edge. Number one, he's safer out there because there's usually space. Uh, but second of all, it's just a dynamic play. So you sell out to stop one area and you struggle in the other. Well, what about the other effect it has? Well, number one, it can just hold that defender there, making him useless in the overall play. So that quarterback who normally would just turn around and hand off and have really no result, no defender really had to account for him. Now you have to account for the quarterback, meaning one less guy to account to stop the running game. So when Jalen Hurts does that, you have decisions to make. Uh, you can have your defender sit out there all the while he has to somewhat squeeze it down and not leave a huge gap between tackle and himself. If so, your running back can just get vertical and get yardage. But you also have to be able to keep your outside arm free and stay a little bit outside of Jalen Hurts, especially with his speed. Bosa and Ebucom are well-equipped to handle these situations, but I would think that D'Amico Ryans is going to go with a more complex scheme. Last week, we seen him go ahead and let those defensive ends crash and let linebackers go ahead and take on the outside to take away Dak Prescott. I think it needs to be more complex than that even. Don't just crash them. Sometimes leave them there. Make, it, make that the read key. Sometimes crash them probably when he pulls the linebackers there. And then sometimes make it a safety or a corner, a nickel guy there. That is the actual read key. Those guys can keep outside contained. Jalen Hurts sees a guy crash. He sees linebacker vacated. He wants to run, but Talano Hufanga is there to make a play. So you've got to continue to confuse the reads. That will muddy up that running situation. It's too easy when he has one guy to read. So making them very complex is important in this game. That's how you're going to slow it up. All the while, you have to worry about this offensive line that has names like Jordan Maulata and Landon Dickerson moving their body, and being able to drive you off the football. 49ers are really good about cutting off angles and defeating offensive linemen in the zone game, and they're going to have to do that in this game. Philadelphia is not just going to line up, run you directly over. That's not really what their game is. But they do have power at certain areas that you have to take advantage of the other areas they don't. You need penetration from Armstead and Kevin Givens. You need Kinlaw to hold his ground. Those things are going to be paramount in this game. You've got to keep defense or offensive players, uh, like we saw last week, Armstead reaching out, grabbing Zach Martin, keeping those guys off linebackers. So Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Vaziz Alshire's in there. They can make plays on the running back. You have to slow the running back. Going through all of that to slow down Jalen Hurts to not stop Miles Sanders, that won't work. So the 49ers have to be very diligent in their jobs. They have to make sure they're attacking getting penetration, giving maximum effort. And all the while, you have to worry about Jalen Hurts pulling and running around the edge. So that's how you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to slow down this running game. If you slow it down, it takes away a little bit of the play action. It takes away a lot of the RPO because now you don't have to buy into that run game as much. Your linebackers don't have to fully engage. And then there's not as many lanes to take, you know, to be able to run that RPO. That's part of the reason I said bring Hufanga up sometimes is he can also take away that RPO. They want to boom and then look right here for an in-cut route, a slant, something over the middle. They want you to bring those linebackers up 
if you're a 49er fan, you've seen this a lot from Kyle Shannon, just in a different way. Uh, he would have done the same thing with Trey Lance, but with Brock Purdy, it's more play action. They get those guys to engage, get it over the top. So bringing Hufanga using the different designs to stop the read option can also somewhat limit the RPO. But this is a tremendous challenge, and that was the number one thing, slowing down the run game. Number two, you have to pressure Jalen Hurts and keep him in the pocket, or you need to funnel him. So what do I mean by that? Well, first off, you want to be able to bring pressure, and a lot of times bringing five guys is important. You would traditionally want to bring four, uh, but that leaves lanes for him to be able to navigate through, maybe step up in the pocket, get out and run and use his legs, which he's dynamic doing. But if you bring a fifth guy, it muddies it up. It makes it more difficult. There might be one hole available, but you can squeeze it. You get a little push on a tackle, squeeze him into the guard. Next thing you know, there's nowhere for Hurts to go, and he's trying to escape to the outside. You've got to make sure if you're an edge defender, you keep your outside arm free. What do I mean is when I'm engaged here and I'm pass rushing, I want to make sure my outside arm is free so that way if he starts taking off, I can get to him. It, the only way that, that that gets stopped is if you're being held or you take a bad angle on Jalen Hurts. Uh, those are still possible, but that's the goal. That's your role. Also, you don't want to take your rush too far if you're an edge defender. Do not end up behind Jalen Hurts. If you end up behind Jalen Hurts and you didn't get enough interior push from Javon Kinlaw, from Eric Armstead, from Charles Aminahue, Kerry Hyder, whoever it is, you don't get that, in, that push up the middle and then you took yourself too far up with a speed rush, that's going to leave a nice window for Jalen Hurts to be able to get out. Now, when he gets out there, he does look downfield to throw, but he's not as accurate throwing outside the pocket as he would be in rhythm or in a design play. So remembering those things is important. So when I was talking about funneling, what do I mean? Well, I've noticed that he struggles a little bit when he's rolling to his left. I mean, what quarterback, right-handed quarterback doesn't? Well, when he sees pressure, and, and if you have Patreon, go watch the scouting report video I put up on Patreon. When he gets pressure, he wants to bail right away. He wants to get to the outside. He wants to, you know, he wants to move left or move right and be able to, you know, either get the ball or create with his legs. If you have a design funnel where you can show him pressure and he bails to the left, but you are planning on him going there, you can create an opportunity to get a sack or to force an errant pass early on in a play. The fact that I seen him bailing before he actually got pressure meant he sees the rush. He's feeling it. Uh, the fact that he doesn't throw great outside the pocket is just a bonus. And it's not like he's bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's bad. Uh, but as accurate as other plays, you know, with RPOs and things where the timing is on, uh, he's good. So that's how you have to do it. You have to bring blitzes that are timely. Sometimes Fred, Fred up the middle. Allow him to take away a gap in the middle of the field. We've seen them do that with stunts and whatnot. Uh, bring a nickel corner. Bring Jimmy Ward off the edge. Bring Talano Hufanga. Blitz to Sean Gibson. Uh, but make them timely, disguise them so it's a little bit more confusing. Don't let him know what's coming. And all the while, you've got to make sure you continue to play the run game uh, reads and keys that you were talking about that we were talking about in the first step. Now let's go to the number three matchup. The 49ers must win on defense. And that's Diameter De Lenore and Charverius Ward limiting. And once again, I use the word limiting AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. You're not going to stop AJ Brown. He's, he's, he's going to get some. He's going to make some plays. 
Uh, but limiting him is important because he can catch a five-yard slant and take it 60 yards for a touchdown. When he catches his five-yard slant, tackle him right there. That's limiting A.J. Brown. Prevent him from being able to get over the top and make those big jump ball plays that result in touchdowns. Limit him to, him to things underneath and then make sound tackles. For Diamond Lenore, when you're matched up on Devontae Smith and you're running across the field, you got to stay in his hip pocket. Make sure he feels pressure to make contested catches. It's all about contested catches this week. It's all about getting physical with these wide receivers. Diamond Lenore is more physical than Devontae Smith. Smith has the edge in speed. He has the edge as far as agility, uh, you know, route running. We've seen them match up last year. But Lenore can win in physicality, which are various Ward and A.J. Brown. It's just an old-fashioned get-after-it uh, meetup. These guys are both physical. They're both tough. It's going to be fun to watch those two guys go at it, go play in and play out. Now, D'Amico can help them along the way. While he's doing, you know, he's not putting these guys on an island against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, he can give safety help. So sometimes put Gibson over the top. Sometimes he can put Hufanga underneath and allow the corner to play over the top. You can drop Jimmy Ward underneath and bring a linebacker out and then play a guy over the top. Continue to change the coverages and the schemes and let these wide receivers have to decide what they're going to do on the fly. Now, there's other problems, of course, that we're going to get to with other skill players, uh, but limiting these two guys is important. And one of the main ways you do it is not allow the big play and to tackle them right where they make the catch. No yards after the catch. They're used to going against Debo and Brandon Ayuk and those guys in practice especially during training camp, they understand what yak looks like and they've got to slow it down in a big way. But you have to keep your things, um, you know, uh, multiple as far as coverages and whatnot. When it comes to AJ Brown, do not let him have those big plays. Do not let him breathe. Be right on him every single time. Space in coverage is the enemy of the 49ers in this game. Minus third and long. Third and long, play the sticks, make the tackle underneath. Uh, that works. But every t every other thing, you got to be right on them. You've got to be uh, breathing right on their neck every single play. Do not let these guys get away. And if you have an opportunity to come away with an interception, Yamar Lenore, Traverse Ward, absolutely do it. Those are game changers in this game. Now, number four is Greenlaw and Hufanga in space versus Goddard and the backs. So because of the way you have to play defense, you're probably going to get Fred Warner around the line of scrimmage a lot blitzing. Sometimes it'll be Dre. And we've seen him cover Goddard. Last year, he did it in week two. But when Fred is busy with other things and maybe even looking at Jalen Hurts, you have to make sure you're making plays out in space. And Dallas Goddard is fantastic tight end. I mean, he makes plays. He beats coverage. Uh, he's, he's tough to bring down. But Hufanga and Greenlaw have to make sure that, hey, if he catches a, a four-yard pass, you bring him down right there. It's easier said than done. He's a big physical cat. And we've seen him break tackles in last week's game against the Giants and be able to make plays. So sticky coverage on him when you're on him, but really limiting what he does after he catches the football is important. Same with the running backs. Miles Sanders, Gainwell. I mean, these guys are good out in space. You have to make sure you're making plays on them. So they have three good running backs that can create in space, uh, Boston Scott being the third. And whoever catches the ball, you have to make sure you stay on him. So picking these guys up out of the backfield is going to be important. Gainwell was getting open last week. He didn't always get the football, but uh, you know, and when you're bringing a blitz, sometimes you're expecting that running back to be accounted for by because he's going to try to help in protection, but then he slips out and he's open. So Greenlaw and Hufanga's ability to make tackles in the open space is going to be huge in this football game. 
that's how you're going to limit how how good Goddard and the backs have in the passing game. And if Jalen Hurts is able to find his checkdowns to get to his hot reads, so that way he can get away from the pressure. If you limit those guys and tackle them in space and you cause you know two-yard gains, three-yard gains, those are success for the 49ers. Those things add up, but it's a tough task. Can Greenlaw do it? Yes, he's up to the task. He's been a all-pro caliber linebacker all season long. Is Hufanga up to the task? He is an all-pro safety whose eyes have not been dirty for the last three weeks. He's been doing a fantastic job, and I expect these guys to step up and meet that match. Now, the number five uh, matchup, the 49ers must win on defense, is going to come down to D'Amico Ryans. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is going to have to fool Jalen Hurts. He's going to have to keep him. He's not going to fool him all the time, but you have to make sure there's a couple of occasions where Jalen Hurts you know, has to slow down in the pocket. He has to wait uh, or he has to escape. Uh, he's not enjoying what he sees in coverage. I mean, there's examples of what you know D'Amico has been doing. Uh, receiver goes across the field. Here goes Diameter Lenore with him. Uh, that should signal man, right? No, he slips it into a cover too. Uh, it makes Dak Prescott hold on to the football. You know, I mean, these are the types of things we've seen him do against Seattle and Dallas. Those types of coverage things are confusing to a quarterback. You're already muddying up the reads for his run. If you muddy up his reads for the pass too, make him hesitate. It's not only going to give your defensive line an opportunity to get there, uh, but it's going to give your you know it, give you an opportunity for a big defensive play, whether that is a sack uh, or that is a turnover. And that's what you really need in this game. The team that wins the turnover battle is probably going to win this game. But you have to be able to confuse Jalen Hurts because if Hurts is able to just sit back there and locate receivers, uh, he's going to have you know a, a big game. He's talented enough. He throws really well uh, to you know to the field. Uh, he's good. I mean, and he has the weapons to get it done. But you can confuse him. Half a second, you make him think or make him adjust or come off his first read, and next thing you know, limiting AJ Brown's not as hard, right? If you confused him and he had to hold that football for half a second. Maybe he missed A.J. Brown being open. Maybe there was a shot to take to Devontae Smith, but he's moving a little bit outside the pocket to the left, the open receivers to the right. Those little subtle things of getting him moved in the pocket or funneling, funneling him one way are so important. Also, get your hands up when he's about to throw the football. Those could be some big batted footballs in this game, but I think D'Amico can do it. The, the use of coverage, uh, the adjustments in the running game is going to be a big part of slowing the running game down as well with who he uses you know, to set up and contain that outside, especially against the read option. And let's see how multiple this defense can look. It doesn't actually have to be multiple. It just has to appear multiple to the players that are going against it. It's a huge matchup between these two teams. Both teams are very talented. Eagles offense, off the charts talent. 49ers defense, off the charts talent. What's going to give? It's going to come down to X's and O's and execution. Who came in with a better game plan and who's executing it at a higher level? That's who's going to win this football game. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Let me know what you thought about this video in the comment section down below. Like the video uh, so that way more people will see it and it'll get kicked out into the algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Really appreciate everyone that's been coming through and watching the content. This is going to be a huge game the NFC Championship game. One team is going to execute offensively and defensively. And if you didn't see my my offensive video, go back and watch that. It's a really good one as well. You guys can get an idea of what the 49ers need to do on offense and the matches matchups they could take advantage of. So 
This is going to be a great matchup between these two teams. One team is going to be on their way to Glendale, Arizona for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 versus who? We'll find out. Uh, but this got to all got to come out on the field. Who's going to execute better? We're going to find out. But thanks for watching. And everyone stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers.